The revolution is here. A movement of people free to live, work, and choose. We won't tell you what to think. We just demand that you think for yourself. This is Kibbe on Liberty. Lily, good to see you again. Well, good to be here. This is very cool place here. <laughs> so you, you're going to do uh, Tim Pool tonight, and you've, you've, you've done his show before, right? Yes, I have done his show twice, and I have lots of supporters from his uh, 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 subscribers. And I even inspire some young people who are Democrats right now are going to vote for me in New Hampshire. I think that's just awesome because I really love young people. And That's my whole point of message is, you yeah. know. And you're going to wear like a black beanie tonight on the show. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm running for office. <laughs> um, so we, we were talking before about, and you just, you just referred to um, how much time you spend speaking to young people, particularly high school students, about your personal experience um, surviving Mao's cultural revolution in China. Um, Tell me more about that, and, and, and why do you spend so much time doing that? Well, um, after I woke up in this country, which is 20 years later since I come to um, you know, United States, I, I see the bad trend that's happening in the country. And our young people want to have more socialist policies, want to rely on government for lots of free stuff, and even worship for communist leaders that really scares me. So I say that well, young people don't know the horror of communism. So I lock on the doors so like, a, can I go go educate young people? And then I approach to a victim of a communism memorial foundation. This become my sponsor. So I'm on their speakers bureau for past five years to go to colleges and high school, even middle schools to tell my stories. And the kids respond so, you know, positive then every time after I finished they want to ask me questions they want to take pictures with me and they feel so lucky to be born American here they say oh I don't take my freedom for granted so I I guess I have not done enough because look at the country today I in my eyes the United States has been in crisis and the worst I have never seen since I come here yeah I mean do you ever get the standard response was well Mao was an authoritarian that wasn't real communism Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, how many people they are willing to um, see to die? A hundred million people died under communism in past 100 years. So how much more experiment do they want? Yeah. You know, maybe they should experiment themselves by moving to those countries. <laughs> you know, the, the problem that the, the death toll of communism is, is such a big number. I think people have a hard time even comprehending what it means. So... When you tell a personal story, I, I think that's the only way to connect with young people because the, the numbers and uh, the statistics and even like the horrific stories you will hear about the brutality of, of how Mao treated people, it's almost unbelievable unless you can say, I was there, I saw it. Our kids don't know. When I mention the numbers, their eyes were huge. 100 million people died. Estimated 40 million Chinese just starved to death under Mao. And uh, another 20 million people died, murdered during his Cultural Revolution. Our young people did not know until I go to their school and tell them face to face. And some teachers even don't know. Make me wonder how are they training our teachers in the teachers' colleges because they, they're 
they probably spent 30 minutes on China, and then uh, they don't know those horrible stories. We don't remember. We don't even have a very good movie or museum about the Cultural Revolution. People know a lot more about Nazis from our kids' perspective. They know how bad the Nazis are. But I, when I say, do you know more people died under communism in China than under Nazis? They were just shocked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the Chinese government did a tremendous job, sort of. Um, hijacking like the New York Times and other places that, that just refused to tell that story until, I think until about Tiananmen Square, some of that started leaking out. And so the history is actually new, right? For, for non-Chinese, is that, is that right? Well, that uh, of course, the uh, Tiananmen Square tank man on CNN, you know, and I think uh, exposed uh, the lots of true colors of uh, uh, Communist Party. And when, when, when Deng Xiaoping became new leader, when Mao died, 1976, I was 12 years old. China's economy was about total collapse. So Deng Xiaoping started the economic reform. That's how China's, um, you know, got richer and just by practice a little bit free market capitalism, decentralization of the Beijing control. And so lots of young people, and even in this country, they don't know the history. And they say China got richer, they buy lots of products from China, they have uh, even even from lots of business investors, they have this uh, idealistic, um, I, w I call that kind of like delusion about China, maybe because of they tasted the prosperity of a little bit free market, they will become a democratic country. But the China did not become democratic country. They got worse under the new madman I call Chairman Xi, right? It's not elected. I don't even want to call him President Xi. And uh, and he, he wants to take China back to um, kind of like a mouse time where party has total control and uh, he's put a tremendous pressure on private industries, private business owners, including billionaires like Jack Ma, yeah. dare to criticize Communist Party regulators, and then you retire from your own company. <laughs> it's uh, people don't understand the economic development under totally unreliable dictatorship. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And uh, you got to have some kind of uh, um, political system too. I think the economic freedom and the political freedom should go together because how do you feel if you're a billionaire in China, you have all that money, but you cannot allow to yeah. criticize government. So uh, she has said about Tiananmen Square, and this, this I think is part of understanding his sort of brutal technocratic authoritarianism. It's not, it's not really like the old communism. It's, it's slightly different. Um, more like a fascism. Yeah, it's, now. it's more more like, like just fascism, but mm -hmm. the but the similarity is the same. And he said this about Tiananmen Square that that the the brutal slaughter of all those students was necessary for the health of the collective, the the nation, right? <laughs> yes. And that's um, I I think about that in the context we were talking about Shanghai, which has now been locked down for months. I think several months. Um, and the brutality with which um, China, the Chinese government is pursuing a zero COVID policy, um, it's all about their reputation because lockdowns were the Chinese model. They originated in China and way too many Western countries embraced them, including the United States. 
But now the, the credibility of that entire approach is, well, I think it's shot, but, but they apparently think that if they can um, lock down and, and eliminate the virus, no matter the human cost, that seems to me what's going on. Like he's willing to starve the people of Shanghai. Is that, is that too strong? I'm not surprised anything they do because uh, the true nature of uh, and dictators and communist-like and fascist leaders, they all are like that. They do not value human life. They do not respect any human dignity. I went to college in Shanghai, worked there for three years. I was in Shanghai for seven years. It breaks my heart to watch every night what my friends are posting on WeChat. I couldn't say anything, but I watch their videos, their posting, and they they have money. They cannot buy food. How can you rely on government for delivering food to 26 million people? Yeah. And uh, so there's some people are you know starving to death. Especially if you don't have a legal residence permit in in Shanghai to live there, you don't get delivered food. And they can be migrant workers. You know they're very vulnerable population. And also old people live um, by themselves. If they need the medicine, you need to access hospital care. The, the hospitals are not opening to receive people, you know, who need emergency care, and you have to get tested before you go to the um, ICU. But sometimes people just die in waiting. Yeah. This take four hours to have a test results back. It, it's not based on science. So it's like a paranoia. She wants to show the world his iron face works. He promised world we're gonna have a zero COVID. How could you have a zero COVID? Declare a war on a virus. Or you might change it to something else. And, but he wants to show the world. His approach works, and he doesn't care about human life. Actually, in fact, 45 cities today, not just Shanghai, 45 cities, about 380 million people are under lockdown. Yeah. And you don't hear about them. Yeah. I have been calling out the free world to say we need to come out to condemn CCP's brutality and inhuman lockdown against their own people. You know, we, we condemn all dictators, right? Why can't we condemn, you know, CCP right now? So we're, we're, what you're saying is we're seeing the, the, the violence and brutality in Shanghai because it's the wealthiest city in China, but it's happening all over the place in China. Yes, it's like one quarter of China population. It's nuts. It's madness. Yeah. You have a few cases in your city, then they're going to shut down a whole bunch of people. And they take you out of your homes to go to quarantine camps, include college students who have no symptoms. And, and then there's, of course, when you give government so much more power, then they can do lots of abuses, right? Yeah. Like I saw this girl living alone was uh, you know, raped and then killed by the white guard. You know, the people who dress up in all white now, like police or whatever government, uh, you know, people. And they, they, they do lots of crimes and nobody report, cannot even report them. It's lots of stuff they censor. I saw yeah. lots of videos, I want to go there, click on and watch it. Said, oh, you know, this uh, you know, violates our regulation. So I cannot even see it. I don't know how many people died under this lockdown. So you called it the White Guard, and that's a that's a reference to the to the Red Guard from mm-hmm. the Cultural Revolution, mm-hmm. and um, it was the students. Yeah, younger people who believe in regime. Another thing is similar to Mao's Cultural Revolution that she is passing out little red books of his instead of Mao's little red books. He's passing out his chairman Xi's thoughts. 
for people to study all over the China. Hey, what do you do when you get locked down? Study cheese, salt. Yeah. And uh, everywhere people are studying, and uh, so you can get a better social credit score, and get a promotion, and uh, people, my friends, some of them, they're my generation. They know. Wow, cultural revolutions have in China again, 2.0. Yeah. History repeating itself because we just have led them to control all the narratives, all the press, all the social media, and condition all the younger generation who even don't know Tiananmen Square massacre happened, and they're supporting the regime because their life is pretty comfortable after economic reform. And this is a wake-up call for lots of Chinese, like, a, holy, it's like, a, what's happening? Yeah. And people are committing suicide, especially young people. They don't, they don't get it. It's like, what is my meaning of my life? I cannot eat. I'm hungry. and I, I cannot go out and get fresh air. And I'm socially isolated. No family support. This shows them jump out of buildings. Oh, yeah. So so sad to see. You said yeah, you, you called it the Cultural Revolution 2.0. But in, in other ways, um, the... The lockdowns in Shanghai and the failure of the government to sort of take over the the production and distribution of food reminds me of of the Great Leap Forward, and the the utter failure of of the government to to replace the decentralized process of people producing food and and producing other things that they need and, and somehow distributing them, um, because there is food in Shanghai. It's just rotten. Um, yes, right on, on the outskirts of the city. Distribution broke down, yes. Because they, they, they eliminated the distribution of people just solving problems, and now they want it centralized, um, presumably by the guys in the white hazmat suits. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, it's not that there's not food, it's that the government won't let people get food. There's a total disconnect. You see farmers are begging somebody come to the farmland to you know, get the vegetables out here, they're sitting there rotten, where people inside the cities are hungry. And, uh, but then the government block all the roads, and uh, you have to get it tested, and, uh, and you cannot get into the Shanghai. So, so that's what I'm saying. When you don't have a rule of law, when all the government officials are not elected by people, they don't care. So you get a top-down policy from Beijing to say zero COVID lockdown, block everything. They even put electrical wires and like uh, at the people's staircases so they cannot get out. And uh, you saw people stick their head out to get a haircut from an iron gate. Just a little tiny space. They could barely stick their head out to get a haircut. It's total insaneness. And uh, so how could you how could you rely on men to you know? basically serve you, give you food, and tell you when you can get out, how much medicine you should get, and uh, the hospitals were not open. It's like, all I'm saying is that you cannot rely on man, any man, even though, you know, oh, some men are good, some leaders are great. No, what if one time you get a madman sociopath controlling your entire country, controlling your life, just like a Mao, just like a she today? Yeah. Then you, you're screwed, yo. You, you can die. You can get killed. You can lose your loved ones. That's why we cannot have a system built on relying on man, relying on government. And I just, I just don't like that system at all. I want to really, you know, U.S. government to be truly small and limited. Yeah. You, you've said 
um, time and again that the reason you're speaking up is that you see you, you fled China because you didn't want to live in a world where people didn't matter. And you see America turning to China, turning into China. What did you think when, when our governors, uh, governors like Cuomo and, and, and certainly government, federal government leaders like Anthony Fauci were praising the Chinese model of, of COVID mitigation? All of the, all of the social tracing, all of, all of the, the violence and the brutality, did, did it feel like you, it, was like, it was like a flashback or something? Yes, I couldn't sleep well last two years ever since you know COVID lockdown happened, and uh, also remember 2020 not just lockdowns, canceling people's rights, closed schools and churches, small business. You also saw riots, right? In the name of you know anti-racism, you saw country big blue cities were burning and uh, people were um, committing crimes on the street and uh, looting and uh, all the people hold the face up like our young people like red guards this symbol it, it's like it's like uh, the communist uh, you know yeah and then they were chanting and they want the communist revolution and they want the equity those all like communist terms i i i was like having ptsd i i will literally wake up in the middle of light. Mm-hmm. It's like I couldn't sleep. It's like, what's happening in America? And I will not be surprised. China locked down their entire citizens and canceling their rights. I never expected to say that uh, in my new country. It's like, what's going on here? Why our leaders want to take out of Communist Party's playbook in terms of terms, in terms of the um, tactics, and in terms of the, you know, the message, the propaganda, they, they, they cancel you know, people also on social media, media, and, and media is one lopsided to all support this kind of uh, draconian, you know, major of lockdowns. So otherwise, if you don't want to comply, you are the enemy. You have blood on your hands. Yeah. If try, try, try not to wear a mask, try not to take vaccine, you know, for your job, you get canceled, you lose your career. All this stuff is just like, I'm um, just making me terrified. It's like, what's going on? And I know this uh, United States has been going down the path like that for a long time. That's why I was going around speaking. But it just got worse and worse. I, I feel like now I need to do more for my new country. It, 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 and you've talked, you talked about this last time we were together. Um, using uh, critical race theory and intersectionality and dividing people based on their their inherent differences, like where they're from, the color of their skin, their their sexual um, preferences, that's right out of the Cultural Revolution playbook. Keep people divided and fighting with each other. Well, the Karl Marx already has a series called the Oppressor versus Oppressed, right? He was talking about economical class. And Mao used the same theory to do his cultural revolution to divide people, five black classes under oppressors group and the five red classes under oppressed groups. And now you see what's going on in this country. There are lots of uh, subgroups under oppressor versus oppressed. But uh, but uh, I think uh, some of those people, communists like people, they know the weak spot of American history is uh, is slavery. Even though you know we had a civil rights movement, America has come a long way. And uh, we're trying to judge people um, based on their individual character, not based on their skin. But there are some people use this to divide the citizens. 
and I have seen so much, you know, division in the past two years, and people fight each other, neighbors and report on each other, families, and you know, and don't talk to each other anymore. It really reminds me under Cultural Revolution, where kids were turned over their parents, grandparents, to the Red Guards. And then their family die of torture. They live with that guilt yeah. all their lives. And then you see the country bloody and you know, mobbing culture, dominated the street, and no rule of law. People were afraid. And I was a red child, luckily. And my family, you know, did not uh, go through struggle sessions, get shots, but uh, some of my friends did. And uh, I, I just remember that. My, think about my childhood memory started. So I seeing a red guards in the military trucks with soldiers to uh, stand behind some black um, class people and escort them to the public execution site to get shot. Yeah. That, that's my childhood memory as a peak of cultural revolution. I was like four years old. That's all I remember. And the crazy red guards were saying red songs and they truly feel like they were right. They were going to answer Mao's call to go eliminate your political enemies. It's all Chinese. So there's no race, right? But it's class struggle. It's, it's all divided by, you know, what kind of families you were born with. So you, you're guilty if you families who own land and were capitalists and own factories and stuff like that. And uh, so all the peasants, all the workers who supported Mao's communism, but they did not end well either. They were sent to countryside. Red guards were sent to countryside for 10 years, like my uncle's generation, red guards, very sad. And also 40 million peasants who supported communism, supported Mao, and starving to death. Do our kids know that History, if they knew it, they better be careful what they're asking for today, communist revolution. You'll be surrounded the bus and you know as it's I don't want I don't want to see history repeating itself. So you've been telling these stories for at least a decade. I think I met you maybe two thousand and ten, something like that. Yes, I have been I've been consistent since I woke up in this country two thousand eight. So I've been consistent. Yeah. And I've been more and more scared. Yeah. So you've you've always been a political activist, but but you've decided to run for Congress. As um, why 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 are you running for Congress? Well, I have been speaking around, have been educated youth, but the country got worse and worse. How I'm going to get my warnings and the messages to the entire country? even to the entire free world, even speak for the people who have no voices, who are under lockdown. I feel this is my duty. As American citizen, we still live in a free country, even though I got threatened, I have trolls, I have people attack me, discredit me, even threaten me, dare not to go back to China. Since 19, like 2019, I, I could not go home to visit my family and friends inside of China. But somebody has to do what is right, I have a unique message. I have unique voices and unique stories. And lots of Chinese immigrants like me are behind me. They know what I'm talking about. But I have the language ability. I have the personality and the political knowledge to do this. If I don't, I'm going to hide myself behind the fair. I'm going to keep my head in the sand and see America get destroyed by the fascists, uh, you know, communist-like people, whatever you call them, who want to rule over us. 
I don't think I can die in peace. I have three children were born in this country. What kind of country they're going to live in? How about their American dream? I am living the American dream already. I came in here 34 years ago with nothing. I have three home business. I can comfortably retire, travel around the world. But where I watching American being destroyed and free world be destroyed, I, I, I just cannot live with my conscience to, to be quiet for my safety. Safety, you know, like death is not the worst evil. That's why New Hampshire has a model called live free or die. I truly love that. That's why I moved to New Hampshire. I'm, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to watch our liberty, uh, our, our country to be destroyed. So New Hampshire has become, um, I mean, it's called the free state, but, but I've noticed in rankings, uh, I think Cato and, and other places that rank the, the quality of life and the size of government and the level of freedom in the states, New Hampshire has really transformed in the last number one right now i'm proud to say yeah yeah <laughs> we have lots of work to do but it's still number one right now yeah i, I love new hampshire and and uh, people um, ask me why did you move to new hampshire not many chinese there i say i say i'm not a part of identity politics group i go where maximum freedom is i don't go where maximum chinese are you'll be China right now. It's like, that's what I left. Mm -hmm. I'm always chasing a freedom. And uh, my home is where maximum freedom is and maximum personal liberties are. You know, of course, we got our own battles to fight in New Hampshire, but we have lots of people like me and also lots of people who were born, grew up in New Hampshire. They truly believe in live free or die. My town where, I don't know if you're, um, you know, knowledgeable about this, we had a pine tree riot, 250th anniversary um, back in April. We celebrated. That happened before the Boston Tea Party movement. So I moved into a very liberty-oriented revolutionary town. <laughs> I'm so, so proud to be the resident of there. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're bragging on New Hampshire as, as the real birthplace of, of American freedom and not, not Boston. Well, because of that um, pine tree riot yeah. happened in my town of Ware before Boston yeah. uh, Tea Party. I'm proud of that. <laughs> so I, I saw some uh, um, polling. A pollster had analyzed some uh, 10 states, um, not New Hampshire, but 10 states where there were primary votes over the past couple weeks, I guess. And um, Republican turnout is way up. Um, in, in nine out of these 10 states, the one place where um, more Democrats showed up compared to 2018 was, was Oregon. And, and maybe Oregon's just um, uh, monolithic now in its, in its Democratic leanings. Um, so there's, um, people are frustrated. People are showing up. And, and my sense is that, that lockdowns and inflation and the way that the teachers unions didn't let kids go to school, all of these, these basic quality of life issues seem to be driving um, a, a political revolution. Um, what, what issues do you think are most important as, as a candidate? Well, according to survey that uh, the number one issue that the granny staters are very concerned with is actually economy, inflation, gas prices. And uh, oh, hi, little kitty. And uh, um, the thing is, so they, they. By the way, his name is Reardon. 
So he's an objectivist cat. He's he's a big oh, that's cool. He's yeah. a big fan of Ayn yeah. Rand, and he he may have issues with respecting property. And rights. I read yeah. uh, the Agnes Rock. That's one of the books kind of wake me up in this country to realize you know there's a lot more philosophy out there besides I was told just believe government as yes. solutions, and I I think a uh, um, moderate Democrats independents um, might tend to um, think about what's going on in this country and they're kind of uh, waking up and because they're hurting. Think about inflation, gas prices and all that. Who, who got hurt most is working families and uh, who have to pay bills, who have to drive to work. Yeah, it's a tax on working people. Yeah, it's inflation is just the tax increase without legislation. But the Democrat leadership, they have no solutions and they're blaming on, on pandemic, war and uh, um, or even corporations you know like Biden said they need to pay more taxes like uh, I don't know do you think our politicians are totally economically illiterate they need to study economics 101 or they're just lying and they're trying to get their base supporters still support their just like uh, insane policies and they're still trying to print more money and, I, uh, I think it's I think it's both I think there's obviously so much economic illiteracy in government but you know these policies are self-serving because inflation they've they've spent trillions of dollars and I'm talking federal um, trillions of dollars over the last two years that they didn't have um, they couldn't borrow so they just created it out of thin air mm-hmm. and that's that's not just a tax on working people it's it's a it's a wealth and power transfer back to insiders including the political class so like I might I might sound like Mao here but the rich are getting richer the laptop class and the political class um, because the distribution of that money doesn't really go to people. It goes to people in power. Mm. At the same time, you know, lots of those uh, Democrats always say, you know, oh, we need, to, we, we need to tax big corporation, rich people. We are for the working class. Uh, no, you are not. Your policies are hurting the working poor and working families. And the your policies, actually think about how many billions of dollars of that, you know, like a, a COVID stimulus money were fraud. You know, PPE, right. did you watch like a Bill Maher talk about $400 billion and uh, don't know where they went? Yeah. Went to the fraudulent places and people. Yeah, when, you, when you're trying to just print money out of thin air, who has respect for their money, right? And you get all the, you know, like a criminals coming to say, hey, free money available and fast and easy. And uh, then they get, uh, you know, millions of dollars. It's just, uh, I do not think government politicians are the very good guardians of taxpayers' money. And, uh, and they don't care about the consequences. If they can promise you free stuff, you get them elected. I'm hoping their voters are waking up to say it's not working out for us. I trust you, believe you, and vote for you. Here's what I got. And, and we're going to have continue to have supply issues because China locked down, you know, the war. And also the regulations in this country, if you want to be competitive, the government should think about practice more free market approaches instead of more and more government control. And you have this uh, admins, administrative state called unelected bureaucrats who control federal agencies, constantly pass regulations, interfere with the free market, interfere with the private business, and make everything very expensive. That's why they push lots of companies to go to overseas, right? You know, if, if you just cut regulations and, and make everything here competitive, then you have an incentive to come back here to create jobs. Yeah. 
but uh, but their policies just have been total disasters so far. So what um, what do you think um, the people in your district in New Hampshire think about vaccine mandates and and being required as the Biden administration did being required to have a vaccine in order to keep your job? Um, where are they? Because I know people have different opinions about this, mm-hmm. and some people think it's a good thing to force other people to get vaccinated. Um, I have not seen survey like that, and uh, um, I do believe lots of people in New Hampshire, the fundamental goodness of them, and if they truly understand that uh, the people's natural rights and the rule, proper rule of government, and it's up to you to decide if you want to take a vaccine or not. And it's up to parents to decide for their children when it comes to medical decisions like that. Personally, I'm totally against a mandate, vaccine passport, vaccine mandate in the name of health and the public safety. I heard them all in China. That's what they used to get you. That's the social credit system in China. Right, they make you live in fear. They make you worry about your safety. So then they push down mandate on you. But lots of people didn't understand. Government mandates, not like a, you have a chance to choose. No. Mandate means enforcement by law, by guns, by government powers. If you do not comply, you will get a heavy fine. If you don't pay fine, your business will get shut down. You might get locked up. Try not to pay income tax, right? You you know you, you you can go to jail. So people got to understand the government mandate is enforced by government force. And don't you think that's not American way? American one is individual freedom to choose. And uh, and and I never had that choice. I never had that freedom in China. That's why I'm trying to tell people to connect the dots here. Yeah. Now you see why I'm talking about America becoming China. Because so much endless government control and the mandates. And it's like we are not human beings. We're not entitled to choose. Or we are just not smart enough even to choose. We need to rely on some supreme leaders or elected politicians, unelected bureaucrats like CDC to tell us. You know, they flip-flop so many times during the COVID. They have no credibility to me anymore. I mean, I'm just talking about me as a, a, a immigrant who you know, live in China for 24 years, my perspective, those people have no credibility to me. I haven't, I haven't read it yet, so I won't say anything specific about it, but there is an effort by the World Health Organization to codify the policies of lockdowns and vaccine mandates under some health treaty. Have, have you heard about this yet? I heard. What kind of authority do they have? I mean, like, uh, are they in the U.S. Constitution? They're going to tell me what the mandates I should subject to United Nations. You know, China is part of United Nations Security Council and even part of a Human Rights Council member. You think I'm going to subject to those? It's like, no. I I don't think Americans were really, um, you know, um, buying to that. They have no authority. They have no more authority, no legal authority. So that's why individual citizens in our country, sometimes you just have to start to revolt and push back and speak up. And all I'm saying that we have Second Amendment, but right now we still have a relatively free speech and free ideas and thoughts. 
and uh, ballot box every year in your local elections. There are lots of other ways you can get involved or push back now because I'm telling people, doesn't matter how afraid you are, how much you worry about your job, your career, your business, your children. If communists gain control, globalists gain control, like uh, you know, they're talking about of us, you know what, you're gonna lose everything anyway, very fast. Yeah. So it's better we just start to you know, push back now and, and, and uh, you know, fight for our children. You talk a lot also about um, the Constitution. You call yourself a constitutionalist. Um, why don't Americans know about the Constitution? Uh, like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure young Americans are taught things about like the Bill of Rights and and these these fundamental principles that that make America special. Well, NEA wants to push critical race theory in 14,000 school district. Are they pushing to teach civics, constitution, evils of communism? Not much. That's why our kids, you send your kids to college as a young man at 18, come home like 22, look like Karl Marx. <laughs> and and uh, so people start to ask questions what happened last two years when they realize teachers unions and uh, their policies actually are very like a cultural Marxist, and they do not think parents have rights to control kids' education, curriculum, and uh, even decide on the mask mandate and uh, you know vaccine mandate. In California, still pushing for vaccine mandate for the kids. They are the lowest risk group. And why are they still pushing for emergency authorization use of those vaccines? I just don't get it. You know, what is the emergency now? We do have an emergency crisis in our southern border right now. And also supply chains, inflation. And it, it just, I, I think that the parents are waking up. You say they you are talking about red wave. People start to vote for Republican. I have seen some uh, Democrats on Twitter saying, first time in my life, for the Virginia, you know, governor, she said she voted the Republican cross board. She said Democrats who shut down my kids' schools for a year did not get my single vote. Yeah. I even said, "Hey, welcome to Republican Party," and and uh, you know, of course, we have two party system. Republican parties, and, you know, you you have good people there, and then you have some rhinos there. And, you know, they always get to me, and uh, so. It's, it's really up to individual people to vote in the primary. So you vote for the people. Somebody like me who is not a career politician, who is total outsider, who really wants to respect people's natural rights and pre-exist before any laws, before any government. And uh, because I just tell people I speak the truth and uh, I represent the people. I truly believe my job is to be servant of people. And uh, I promise tell you the truth. And I will not sell out. And uh, I'm somebody who's grateful living American dream. I don't need to go to Washington. I need this job. And I'm going to work with lobbyists on their bills. I just want to keep our country as a free country for my children. That's my intention. I have skin in the game. And I want to represent regular people because I, I feel t connected with regular working class people because I was born into an literary worker's family. And we were told to say thank you, Chairman Mao, thank you, party, to save China, or we were starving. So I don't buy that anymore. 
you have to look at who really represents the common people and not special interests, not the super rich, and let the free market competition offer you best products and best services at the competitive prices, and you make the choice. I always respect people, give the power back to the people to make choices at the, their individual level. It's the best way. Are there any elected officials today that you sort of identify with respect as as being the right uh, form of, of liberty Republican that, that, that you fashion yourself as? I always like uh, Tom Massey, Senator Rand Paul, and uh, also um, Chip Roy. I mean, I will join Massey um, um, w- um, in the House um, because uh, we both feel strongly that uh, you know, you know, Department of Education is uh, you know really doesn't need to exist. Reagan talked about getting rid of that a long time ago. It still exists, and education really should be a local issue, and so parents have more control, and uh, so they can even decide what curriculum they want. That's why local elections are important, and school boards, and there are lots of issues. Just get back to states. You don't need keep the federal government. You know, super big and intrusive, and and then that's the one who can print money. Remember, state have to balance budget. That's why the state turned to government uh, at uh, in Washington, gave me some more free money. You know, from not free anyway, to come with the strings attached. So I like to say federal government be more and um, limited, and be more fiscally um, responsible, conservative. There are lots of issues. Get back to state. You know, we we got to be smarter about. How to you know like uh, uh, let our country to be prosperous again? We are weak today. The world is laughing at us. China is laughing at us right now because China, she has a China dream. By 2049, he thinks China will be the dominant number one dominance power in the world. I don't want subject to Communist Party rule, but they have some kind of uh, um, policies to achieve that goal, and one of them, in the way, is the United States of America. But we are having all this, you know, really, you know, just like stupid, incompetent, you know, policies that's going to destroy our economy. When we destroy U.S. economy, think about who is going to be the number one in the world, and who is going to have more say about our lives here, our economy, our business, you know, it's China. So how come they're talking about Russia, Russia every day? Russia is $1.2 trillion economy, and China is $18 trillion. I think Russia might be $1.8 trillion. And, and, uh, but we're not talking about more important stuff going on today. Instead, mm-hmm. we'll focus on work, you know, ESG, vaccine mandate, and uh, pandemic is coming here again, and all the other issues that get people to fight each other and be divided. We, we need to understand what kind of life, what kind of country we are going to live under pretty soon if we don't change the course. I hope people will turn out to vote and uh, you know, vote for the people you trust and don't just buy into the mainstream media red rips and, and the talking points because uh, I, I frankly don't trust lots of mainstream media either. So I hope people will get out of their box to look into alternative media like your show is one of them, you know. <laughs> I will trust you to, you know, tell the truth. 
So, so now I'm telling lots of Chinese Americans to stop watching CCTV. That's China's propaganda in the United States. You live in a free country, you watch China's CCTV. You know, wonder why this Chinese man will go to Taiwanese church to shoot a whole bunch of people because he's patriotic for China. Oh, it's such a tragedy. It's, 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 it's a human sorrow, really. How come you cannot wake up even though you live here? You know? So how do how do people find you? I need people to also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, even the YouTube, and both Chinese and English. I'm everywhere. As I said, I have been active for many years. I have been consistent. You know, some people are trying to discredit me and attack me. All they have to do is just Google Lily Tang Williams to see what I said, what I have done in the past eight years. I'm consistent. And we can still disagree on individual policy issues, solution issue, but I'm always uh, open to have conversations with the voters, and we need to have a conversations. It doesn't matter if we, or 100%, I don't even agree with my husband 100%. I've been married for 32 years almost. So it's good to have some disagreement respectfully, but have civil um, conversations, bring to different ideas, and listen to each other is f- so important for our country right now. So I promise, positive unifying campaign and um, so welcome to check me out okay thank you it's good catching up again yeah thank you for having me matt yeah thanks for watching if you enjoyed that show make sure that you like and subscribe click the little bell so that you get notifications and if you consume this via podcast go wherever you want to go we're everywhere kibbe on liberty the revolution starts now